I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Manchester City fans, there's some bad news for y'all. The Premier League has accused Manchester City of committing over 100 violations of its financial regulations over a span of nine seasons from 2009 and 10 to 2017 and 18. It is also claimed that City has not been cooperative with the investigation which began in December 2018. The Premier League has referred this case to an independent commission. and if the allegations are proven to be true the commission has the power to enforce penalties such as fines reductions in points and even expulsion of the club from the premier league it's also assumed that if city is proven guilty manchester united could make the case for winning the league in 2017 and 2018 city is also accused of breaking the premier league's profit and sustainability rules for 3 seasons from 2015 to 2018 However, in the midst of this major revelation, BBC reporter Simon Stone raises an intriguing point, suggesting that the investigation alone took four years in total. So the case's resolution may take longer. So United fans, don't get excited just yet. And Stone isn't wrong, though. In fact, in 2020, Manchester City was given a suspension by UEFA's club financial control body for serious breaches of club licensing and financial fair play regulations. However, the club was exonerated of all charges and was able to overturn the two-year ban with the help of the Court of Arbitration for Sport. But what went wrong, though? According to the documents released as a part of the football league's hack. City exaggerated the value of sponsorship deals with Abu Dhabi companies and transferred funds from Gulf State to the club. Moreover, the documents also suggest a second hidden salary may have been paid to City's former manager Roberto Mancini during his tenure with the team. Anyhow, City has consistently and strongly denied all the accusations. For instance, the football league's disclosure was previously characterized by the club as a quote-unquote clear and organized attempt to harm its reputation. So, how will things turn out to be this time? That too in the middle of a title run? That's definitely something to watch out for. For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday. from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with a food for thought hello i am manaswini taking over for this episode and this is the deep dive for 7th february 2023 aglava majburi nu okay no don't worry i'm not going to ruin the song for you clearly i'm not the best singer out there but i'm sure you know what i'm talking about pasuri and more specifically i mean coke studio for many years we've known about coke studio pakistan with a lot of their songs ending up as earworms but as it stands out coke studio is apparently making a comeback in india it was back in 2011 when coca cola partnered with mtv india and announced the indian edition of the beverage company's international music property coke studio sadly though it wasn't very successful 
I mean, I believe that we are still huge fans of the Pakistani version. Anyway, the year is 2023. Everything is different. And Coca-Cola is bringing Coke Studio back to India with Coke Studio Bharat. The first season will essentially be a collaboration of more than 50 artists from all over the nation who will come together to produce over 10 iconic songs honoring the diversity of the country. And who all are exactly taking part? Well, most of your favorite indie artists, including Diljit Dosanjh, Prabdeep, Sidhe Moth, Shillong Chamber Choir, and other celebrated artists in the nation. And in fact, the first song will be released today, so you might not want to miss out on that. But anyway, point being, Coke Studio is back in India for a reason. The Economic Times report notes that Coca-Cola is making this move right before the summer season kicks in and is relying on Culture Connect to promote its brand in India. And you see, Coke Studio Pakistan was the OG of music fusion when it hit the scene in 2008 thanks to Nadeem Zaman, the marketing head of the company, and Rohail Hayat, the one who is credited for coming up with this concept. Coca-Cola very cleverly used the platform to showcase its core values through the harmonious blend of ethnic music with Western instruments, promoting Sufism as a counter to extremism, and combining classical improvisation with structured arrangements. The concept resonated with the people of Pakistan, and that's exactly what it's trying to replicate with the Indian edition. According to the Vice President of Marketing for India and Southwest Asia at Coca-Cola, Coke is now by far the most popular brand in Pakistan, ahead of arch-rival Pepsi. And Coke Studio appears to have been the one factor that has contributed the most to Coke's growth in Pakistan. It's also interesting to note that the Coke Studio is not only expanding to India, but also focusing more on regional content. So Coke Studio recently opened its first regional studio in Tamil. The Tamil edition features artists like Khatija Rahman, Benny Dayal, Arivu, Sean Rolden, Minakshi Ilayaraja, and Sanjay Subramanian, among other popular musicians. Also coming soon, and by soon we mean literally next week, is second edition of Coke Studio Bangla in Bangladesh another language which has cross-border appeal. Given that this is Coke Studio's second attempt, it will be interesting to see how it performs in India. Besides that, delving more deeply into regional language might just increase its viewership. Speaking of music, how can we not address the Grammys? In its 65th annual awards ceremony, Queen Bee made her mark once again. Beyonce racked up her 32nd Grammy win, officially becoming the all-time champion with the most Grammy awards ever. But Queen Bee ain't the only one making history this time around. Kim Petras made waves by becoming the first openly transgender woman to snag a Grammy for her hit collab with Sam Smith, Unholy. And Indian artists are no less, by the way. Ricky Cage, a music composer from Bengaluru, who collaborated with Stuart Copeland on the album Divine Tides, received his third Grammy Award at the ceremony. Definitely a proud moment for India. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. 
so feel free to shoot an email at hello@thesignal.co the signal daily is produced in association with ivm the episode was written researched and produced by me manaswini edited by venkat anand mastered and mixed by prasanjit das you can catch this podcast every morning on spotify apple amazon prime music google podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts we are the signal.co on instagram linkedin and twitter Thank <music> you.